Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hi everyone, thanks for listening to another episode of Dogman Encounters Radio. I'm Vic Cundiff and I'll be your host for the show. If you've had an encounter of your own and would like to speak with me, whether in private or on the show, please go to dogmanencounters.com and submit a report. I'd love to hear from you. If you want to continue listening to episodes of the show on YouTube, nothing's going to change even after the subscription program begins on December 15th. Episodes of every show will be free of charge as always on YouTube if you want to listen to them that way. There will be commercials though. If you want to listen to episodes of the show without any commercial interruptions, that's when the subscription program comes in. If you want to find out more about this subscription program, please go to dogmanencountersradio.com and visit the How to Listen page. Again, that subscription program is going to start on December 15th. Before we start tonight's show, I just want to say I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. And as always, thanks for listening to the show. The first encounter I'm going to read to you tonight happened in Hancock County, West Virginia. I'm a 32-year-old lady from the very northern tip of West Virginia. Most of my life has been lived in Hancock County. When I was little, we camped in tents, walked everywhere, hiked at parks, all that outside goodness. In my teens, we started going to state parks to ride horses. 
I've been to Tomlinson Run, Beaver Creek State Park, Salt Fork, Raccoon Creek, and Vista Park. We had a friend who was constantly inviting us to ride on people's land she had received permission from. I'm well acquainted with the local wildlife. I've seen all the major players, including koi dogs and bears, and can identify most sounds in the forest. I love watching nature documentaries. I was looking to become a vet, so I studied a lot on animals. Drawing and painting them got me very acquainted with animal anatomy. Was I ever into cryptozoology? Yes. I was a dino-crazy little girl. My one babysitter had Reader's Digest, Mysteries of the Unexplained. The thought of a plesiosaur in Scotland or an apatosaurus in the Congo was just mind-blowing. Later in life, I started looking at it like folklore. It was interesting to read the accounts and learn the theories behind what people were seeing, but I believed in them as much as a folklorist believes in dragons and trolls. I didn't have any interest in Bigfoot, and I'd never heard of dogmen. I never had an interest in looking, nor did the thoughts ever cross my mind. It seems I didn't need to go looking. They found me. We moved to the farm when I was about 10. Mom's dream was to have horses, and she was finally able to live it. The farmhouse was haunted, mainly by the former residents of the house. I never felt threatened by them, though. It's a little unnerving to have two men talking and moving the couch you're sitting on. Or should I say it sounded like it? No one was home, no media was on, and yet I was hearing two men talking about how they were going to move the couch and the sound of the furniture being dragged right from under me. The land itself had its share of strangeness. Most things were benign, though. We just shrugged and carried on. I honestly hated our woods. Anywhere else, I'd freely hike, but even in the yard, sometimes I felt watched. Heck, sometimes I thought something was staring in our windows. Now that I think of it, we did have things slam into our trailer. I'd think it was a horse that had gotten loose, but when I'd go out to investigate, I'd find nothing. I'd chalk it up to a deer. I used my horse's breeds for their names rather than think up names for them. Anyone who knows me knew my horse's names. I was 18 to 19 in this encounter. By this time, we gave up on cows. I hate, hate, hate them and just had the horses and chickens. Someone knocked on the door at 2 a.m. I'd only been asleep two hours, but years of conditioning had my heart pumping and my mind clearing. Someone knocking that early meant trouble. It usually meant horses or livestock had gotten out. I wasn't disappointed. Our neighbor said the horses were in his yard. My mind wasn't totally awake, so I didn't think to ask which yard they were in. My stepfather came out, asked what was up, and told me they were my horses, so deal with it. Mom was working. That was nothing new. This lot of horses had three expert escape artists. I had the routine down. It was pretty dark out, but I did have some moonlight to help. The security light only went so far. Then, of course, it shut off after so long. When it was cloudy, you literally had to watch that you didn't walk off into the ravine it was so pitch. I was naturally in a foul mood, cursing my horses and wondering if some drunk had gone through the fence again. It happened a lot. As I got closer to the brown barn, I realized a horse was flipping out. It was running back and forth, squealing and carrying on. I went in and grabbed the halters and leads. I paused for a moment to see if any other horse or horses had replied to the horse I heard squeal. That would give me an idea where the other horse or horses might be. There was no reply. That was odd, I was thinking. Crap, they're on the other side of the hill. It was the only reason in my mind they wouldn't be replying. 
Let's just say when they followed our cut trails to the other side, it took us an hour to traverse through the woods and lead them back. And even with two guys and a four-wheeler and my mom, that was a freaky trek. I felt like I was being watched and followed. Maybe it wasn't paranoia. So, the land is set up like this. The brown barn was connected to a small pasture about half an acre long, which then connected to a seven-acre pasture. Pretty much in the center on the outside edge of the large pasture was an old white barn that we turned into a run-in. I decided to tackle the horse still in the fence so I could bring her down to the small pasture to keep her from escaping too. Maybe the others would follow. I had to walk clear to the other side of the pasture to get to the panicking horse. It was my mother's psycho Appaloosa mare. I tried to catch her and nearly got trampled a few times trying. She was frothing at the mouth and her eye whites were really showing. Was I alarmed? No. As I said, psycho. I noticed my other six were across the road. They were standing in a tiny little fenced-in area under a spotlight. They were standing motionless and not touching a blade of grass. I was wondering how the neighbor managed to herd them into that tiny fenced-in area with that tiny door. Three of those horses were over 16 hands tall. One was a draft horse cross. The doorway was actually small enough he touched both sides going through. My thoroughbred mare took me two hours to corral the last time she got out. Much to my frustration, she was an awesome jumper. So a stranger rounding them up and putting them into a tiny yard was mind-blowing. I've had horses since I was nine. I'm 32 now. I've had ponies and horses. I've had Appaloosas, Arabians, draft horses, quarter horses, walking horses, saddlebreds, thoroughbreds, mustangs, foals, geldings, mares, and geldings that still thought they were stallions. I've had a lot of horses from all walks of life. I'll tell you though, they consistently do not like to be crammed into tight spaces, especially not in a group. I had two severely abused horses. I was rehabbing a thoroughbred that actually had PTSD and a racking horse that actually took me three years to touch without some sort of a bad reaction. They didn't like being in stalls and all but one were mares. Mares are extremely moody and two of mine were particularly vicious to those they didn't like. My walker mare only liked three other horses. She should have been kicking the crap out of the others there. Mine also didn't like to be under lights when they escaped. They avoided them like the plague. And not eating grass that was over ankle deep? That was unheard of. They were silent and dead still. My neighbor came out and told me they were like that when he found them. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. 
They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. He asked me if I needed help, but I said no. My thoroughbred and racking horse mares didn't like men. I told him I'd take them out one at a time. I took one halter and lead and threw the rest outside the gate. I put the halter on my gelding and opened the gate to lead them out. They had other plans, though. All six came out as a freaking unit. They were literally chest to butt crammed together. My gelding and my Welsh mare had their chests pushing against me as we walked back to the brown barn. Normally, they didn't do this. I wouldn't usually allow such behavior. We were on the main road, which I didn't like. The speed limit is only 35, but people go 60. So I tried to lead them through the large pasture gate. They wouldn't even go on that side of the road, though. I was a little unnerved by their behavior, so I led them down to the brown barn and they went in. They were skittish, though, picking at the hay I threw out, walking around restlessly, sticking to the barn like glue, and even eyeing the upper pasture. I rationalized it by thinking it's the appy flipping out that's unnerving them. And why hadn't she come down yet? She had to have seen us all walk down. I rushed to the gate between the little and big pastures out of habit. I didn't want the herd to go back out into the big pasture. I didn't have to worry. They didn't follow me like they usually did. The gate was wide open, but the appy was still running and squealing back and forth in the same area. I started to go get her. Now, the neighbor's security lights didn't really light up my pasture. The road was higher than my pasture, so it was cast in a shadow. I could make out her shape in some detail, though. She took off at a panicked gallop, swerved sideways, and jumped the stream. When she landed, she nearly landed on her face. She caught herself, though, and took off at a dead gallop again. I ducked behind a stump. If she would have hit me, I would have been dead. I went back and chained the gate. I decided to forgo looking her over until I got the halters and leads. She was too hot at the moment. I decided to walk on the road instead of through the pasture again. The pasture was uneven, unlit, and full of springs. Sometime during this, clouds had taken over the sky, so there was no moonlight to see by. The spot on the road where I was at was paved and pretty well lit through. My neighbor was paranoid, as mentioned. I had almost gotten to the white barn when I got this sudden urge to stop and look at a very specific spot in the pasture. I'd like to say it was instinct that told me to look, but usually I'd scan the woods first to see what was watching me. That's usually where the watchers are. Instead, I just flicked on my flashlight right on a certain spot. It was extremely close to where the mirror was flipping out. I saw red eye shine. My first thought was, why in the world would a deer be there with all that chaos? I was feeling a sense of extreme dread and didn't know why. Besides it being where my horse was going nuts told me something else just wasn't right. I then realized where the eyes were relative to the walnut trees in my racing barrels. See, the road is above the pasture and the walnut trees were right at the same elevation as the road. 
The pasture itself is sloped to deal with the runoff from the road. The barrel it was next to was on the low end of the incline. The barrels were white so I could see a dim lighting from my flashlight on the one it was next to. This thing was too freaking big to be a deer. I was frozen standing there watching it. I just had this feeling. It was evil and that I had to keep track of those eyes. It was watching me. It slowly blinked a few times. It also looked over into the woods above the pasture. I know you ask your guests if they ever feel there are other ones out there. Well, let me tell you, it crossed my mind. With a sinking stomach, I flashed my flashlight over the woods to see if I would catch eye shine. I didn't see any though, so I went right back to the eyes. They were still there. I flicked back and forth, making sure nothing was sneaking up on me. I don't know how long I stood there watching Frozen. Someone could have come around the bend and hit me with their car I was so focused. Finally, it started to move off. It glanced at me sideways a few times, only one eye. I think it went into the copse of trees around the creek. I heard nothing. That wasn't surprising though. The horses were still restless and making noises. I stood there a long time after looking for eye shine. I was wondering if it could have been a bear. I didn't think so though. The eyes were consistent in height until it disappeared. Bears are clumsy on their back legs. On this uneven inclined ground, I have no doubt a bear would have dropped to the ground to go on all fours. Even the rear up and drop down behavior bears do when they're trying to see something wouldn't work. We had one cross our pasture before. He made a lot of noise going through the woods. The horses settled down quicker with the bear. I was almost to my neighbors at this point. I considered leaving the couple hundred dollars of tack at his house. Halters and leads aren't cheap. I had no doubt if I left them there, they'd be gone in the morning. My mother would be pissed. So I darted over, grabbed them, and ran like a bat out of I know, I know, I should have left the tack. I also know you're not supposed to run, but I couldn't even conceive what I had just seen. I got into the barn, threw the tack down, and hung with the horses. I wasn't going to go up that pitch black driveway on foot. I figured with the horses I'd have a warning, and the barn had plenty of sharp things. I didn't go back up until dawn. I was frozen stiff by that time. I've had years to think this over. It unnerves the crap out of me. How long was that thing there? Was that what was keeping the Appy Mirror from coming down? Was it right there in the shadows while I was trying to catch her, or was it in the unlit barn I walked through to get to the road? Was it the reason the Appy swerved and nearly fell? How did my horses get out? I never did find how they got out. Did they panic and jump the fence? I did check the fence line away from the woods. I did look for tracks around the barrel. Sadly, the ground was hard from frost that morning. But I will say the Appy Mirror was running for a good while. The ground was severely torn up and turned into a muddy mess. It was high noon when I went down there to check and the ground had melted. I'll bet it was her that woke the neighbor up. It took them about a week to fully settle. I don't know if whatever it was was still in the area or if they were that traumatized. It wasn't too long after that my mother filed for divorce. My ex-stepfather got the farm and I moved in with her in the city. Even with all the weird crap going on there, there were non-bipedal things going on too. I miss it terribly. Maybe it's more accurate to say I miss the farm life rather than the actual place. I'd love to get back onto a farm again, but I'd probably hesitate to move back there. I never told anyone about the eyeshine event. I didn't see the actual creature and really, how do you convey that unnatural, horror-inducing feeling? You saw eyeshine, whoop de doo my mother would have given me the benefit of the doubt, but my mother often told family members things. They made my life enough of a living 
I didn't want to give them any more ammo. Signed, Anonymous. Time, Late Night. Date, 2002. The next encounter I'm going to read for you happened in Walker County, Alabama. In 1969, I was nine years old and lived about half a mile down the road from an old church and cemetery. There were two other old houses there no one lived in. There were strange things happening quite often around where we lived back then. I remember one of the strange things that happened very well. My dad worked evenings from 3 p.m. until 11 p.m. just three miles down the road from our house. My mom, sister, and I had just gone to bed when we started to hear a bumping sound on the back of the house. My sister and I ran from the bedroom we shared in the back of the house to the front of the house where mom and dad's bedroom was. My sister and I were scared, so mom let us sleep with her until dad came home at 11 that night. Their bedroom had two windows side by side on the front of the house above the porch. You could see through the curtains at night due to the streetlight out front. We were lying there after not hearing any more noise when all of a sudden we heard something on the front porch. Mom saw it first and sat up in bed. That made my sister and I notice her staring out the window. When we turned our gaze from mom to the window, we saw what looked like a very large dog on the front porch. It was walking to the front door upright on its back legs. When it reached the front door, it shook it violently. It was as tall as the door and we could see it scratching at the screen door with its front paws. It remained there for what seemed like 15 minutes, but it was probably only a minute or two. Mom didn't say a word for the first minute or two. She just shushed us until it turned and walked about 10 feet to the steps on its back legs. Just before it reached the steps and went down them, it went down on all four legs. Mom told us to go back to sleep and we eventually did. I don't remember her telling my dad, but I do remember this well. It was six to six and a half feet tall while standing upright on its back legs. You could see all of its facial features, its ears, snout, and its head. Those features made it resemble a German Shepherd. We hadn't seen anything that looked or acted like that thing in the area before that night. A lot of strange things happened there. I can't say it was a dogman, but it did walk on its back legs for several feet. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should, too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Another time when I was young, my sister, who I shared the back bedroom with at the time, was at her grandma's house spending the night. I had gone to bed but wasn't asleep yet. Mom had my bedroom window open so air could get in. It was hot that night. The back of our house was high off the ground. Consequently, the bottom of my bedroom window was about 8 feet off the ground. I had been lying there on my back when I rolled over onto my stomach toward the window. My foot went off the bed on the window side and wound up being only a few inches from the window. All of a sudden, something touched my foot. I don't remember if it grabbed my foot or what, but the screen ripped, the curtain fell, and I scrambled off the bed and out of my bedroom into the living room where my mom was. She had heard the commotion and saw that I was frightened. She asked me what was wrong, so I told her what had happened. She went into my bedroom and saw the hole in the screen and that the curtain was down. She also saw how it was hanging halfway out the window. She didn't know what to think, so she called Dad home from work. He came home to check it out and walked around the house before coming in. He said he hadn't seen anything. At first he didn't believe mom. It wasn't until he saw that the curtain was hanging out the window that he believed her. He couldn't figure it out. We didn't have any problems with prowlers. At first they thought I had stuck my foot through the screen. I don't think that's what happened because I wasn't sleeping yet. I just couldn't have done that. Signed, Anonymous. Time, Unknown. Date, Unknown. The next encounter occurred in Leon County, Florida. Okay, I'm sharing this story in hopes of someone else having another one, and I then will have this one out in the open. I was traveling Highway 10 from the west coast to the south coast of Florida. I was with my six kids and pulling a trailer with all the belongings and three dogs in it. I was in a big SUV and it was around 2 a.m. The kids were all asleep and my 13-year-old daughter was in the passenger seat to make sure I stayed awake. So after traveling Highway 10 for three days, I had decided since we reached Florida, we would cut through the state to save some time. So we got off Highway 10 on an off-road in hopes of getting gas and making up some time. It was along Route 27, Apalachicola National Forest. We came to the first little gas station. It was closed. I was nervous because we needed gas, so we continued on. I told my daughter to keep an eye out for deer crossing the two-lane deserted highway because hitting a deer could kill us all and turn us over due to the trailer we were pulling. We were traveling around 45 miles per hour. I remember this so clearly like it was yesterday, but it was three years ago. We had our brights on because the road was dark and winding. A few houses were on that highway, but not many. As we came around a corner in the headlights on the road, there was a lot of blood. Fresh blood and on the side of the road was this six or seven foot tall creature. It was on its hind legs, hunched over a dead deer eating it. It didn't look up, not even when my headlights hit it. It was using its arms like a human eating the deer. It had a very muscular body, pointed ears, and a long muzzle. If you ever saw a werewolf, this was it. It had a skinnier lower body, but used its arms and hands just like a human. If it looked up, I would have died. 
I looked over at my daughter. We were both seeing the same thing at the same time. Tears came to my eyes instantly, and at the same time we both said, Werewolf. I sped up because I was scared it would run and jump on the trailer and kill my dogs. As we got about a mile away, my heart was beating so hard, my daughter and I were so freaked out. It was a werewolf. I've never been a believer in werewolves. I don't watch any werewolf movies or have any reason to make this up. And as a matter of fact, until today, I've only told a handful of people about this. There's a werewolf in Florida. Not sure of the exact town or road, but I wish I did know so I could find out if we were the only ones to have seen this thing. I'll live my life wondering. It was between Alabama to Florida along the panhandle. I'll never forget this night ever. Signed, Anonymous. Time, 2 a.m. Date, Unknown. This next encounter occurred in Christian County, Illinois. A friend of mine had moved south to work with his uncle. Things didn't work out, so he called and wanted to know if I would pick him up at the bus station in Springfield. I told him sure. The day he came back, his bus wasn't due until 1.30 a.m. When it showed up, he was starving, so he headed up the road to Steak and Shake. While we were eating, some girls showed up after a night of partying. We stayed around and talked with them for a while. Well, by the time we left, Brian wanted to see if we could swing by one of his old girlfriend's houses before she went to work. He wanted to see if he could stay with her for a while. I didn't have anything to do the next day, so I told him that would be fine. She lived in Assumption. To get there, we headed back to Taylorville. Then, instead of heading on to Panna where I lived, we would cut across through the country to get to Assumption. To do this, you have to go out by Bertinetti Lake. At that time, they had just started developing the place for housing, so it was semi-rural with woods around the lake and the road we were on. So here we are driving and just about to cross a bridge when this huge canine type thing comes running out of the woods to a right. There were good-sized, freshly dug ditches on each side of the highway. This thing jumped from the bottom of the right ditch, cleared the highway, and landed on the backside of the left ditch. Then it ran into the woods. It happened so fast, I didn't even have time to hit the brakes before it was already gone. I know some would say it was just a dog that surprised us, but we both agreed it was too big. Besides, I don't know of any dog that can jump that far. I remember it had gray and light brown fur. It was very bulky and muscular. It was also on all fours. We decided that we didn't need to hang around the area and sped up. We told our friends, but most just laughed it off. Whatever. We both knew what we saw. Years later, I was looking on the BFRO website. I saw there were two sightings reported that took place about a mile to the east from where our encounter happened. When I first read the woman's report years ago, she said it took off running on all fours and was wolf-like. I see now someone's changed her story to sound more like a Bigfoot. However, her sighting and another reported after hers say that this was where Highway 48 crosses the South Fork of the Sangamon River. Follow the river back east until you see Lincoln Trail Road. That's the bridge we were at. It seems like it uses the river bottom to stay hidden. Also, there are all kinds of housing additions there now. I went to their community-wide garage sales there a few times. It seems as though a lot of cats and dogs go missing in that area. Posters were up everywhere. Well, I know it was a little long-winded, but that was my encounter. Signed, Anonymous. Time, 5.30 a.m. Date, around 1991. 
This next encounter took place in Cook County, Illinois. Around 1973, my wife was living in Chicago and was about 11 years old at the time. The area was inner-city Chicago, not near the lake or the woods. It was summer and she was spending the night with her girl cousins in the basement bedroom of their house. In the early morning hours around 4 a.m., the dog was growling and woke them up. Those type of basements have windows high on the wall. In one window, my wife saw something looking in. It was difficult to make out exactly what it was, but there was enough light outside from a street light to see the outline and movement of something looking through the window. The three girls all screamed, which woke and brought the two older boy cousins down to see what was going on. The girls told them what they had seen and the boys who had been sleeping in their clothes ran out to investigate. The rest of this is their own account, which they reported a short time afterwards. They saw someone running away and chased after him. It took them a minute or so to get a good look at who they were chasing because of the sparse lighting in the area, but they said what they saw looked like a large werewolf. They thought it was someone trying to pull a prank, a man wearing a very realistic werewolf costume, dismissing the possibility that it was real. They lost sight of it eventually in return. So that's about it. Knowing what we know now, we both think it must have been a dogman. Signed, Anonymous. Time, 4 a.m. Date, around 1973. This next encounter happened in Cleveland County, Oklahoma. I had been up all night at a friend's house in the town of Trippy playing video games. I didn't want to sleep there, so I said goodbye and headed home. I knew my car was making a funny noise, but I thought surely I could get home. Well, I was driving down a long, dark stretch of highway with nothing but forest and a few sparse country houses. I was coming up to the top of a long hill when suddenly my car stops pulling forward. The engine revved, but no gears would engage. My CV joint just went out. I was hoping that wouldn't happen. Well, I had no way of getting it home, so I backed up down the road in neutral and off onto a side road. I thought about staying and sleeping in the car, but something told me not to do that. I had an eerie feeling of being watched, so I grabbed my video game case and my machete that I had made from a lawnmower blade and started walking. I kept noticing the feeling of being watched and it felt like I was being followed. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I kept looking behind me and saw nothing, but when a car passed by heading in the direction behind me, it illuminated the area with its headlights and I saw something behind me in the ditch hunched down low. It was huge and I could tell it looked like an animal but had humanoid features. It seemed to have arms but its head was almost definitely canine. Its head was very large and its eyes glowed red when the lights hit them. Well, I've seen enough werewolf movies to know that this wasn't a good situation, so I started running. That probably wasn't the best choice because I know that predators like to chase things that run from them. When the car had passed, the creature had darted into the trees. I thought that was the best time to run, so I did. I ran for about a quarter mile and looked back but didn't see anything, so I kept walking. Well, I kept checking behind me and off to the side where the tree line was. I knew it was still out there and probably following me and yeah, I was afraid but I was also prepared to defend myself with my machete if need be. I came up onto another hill and saw a farmhouse off in the distance to my left down a long dirt driveway. The moon was almost full and the area around the house was clear so I could see a guy out there messing with his truck as I walked by. Then he turned on a spotlight on his truck and spotted me with it. I kept walking because his property said no trespassing and many out there wouldn't hesitate to unload on a strange trespasser. I knew it was close again, possibly closer now, and I was about to turn around and face it when another car came over the top of the hill and passed by me, going behind me again. I followed it with my eyes and noticed this time that it was a cop, so thinking quickly I dropped my machete on the edge of the grass and waved. As he passed, his lights hit the ditch as well and I saw that the dogman was very close but it darted into the trees again when the light hit it. Thankfully, a moment later the cop stopped and turned around. He came back and asked me what I was doing out there so I told him what happened with my car. I didn't mention the dogman though. He may have thought I was crazy but I asked him for a ride home. He agreed after wanting to go check and make sure my car wasn't blocking the road. After we checked it, he agreed to take me home. I don't know what might have happened that night if he hadn't shown up and it was the only time I was genuinely happy to see a police officer. Signed, Anonymous. Time, Midnight. Date, June of 2000. The next encounter happened in Clinton County, Ohio. I was driving my girlfriend home from work. Both of us lived in a suburb of our small town, so the drive from our workplace is relatively short. The only off thing about our encounter was the fact that we saw it in a suburb as opposed to the wooded or rural areas like other encounters. The moon was full, so we had a lot of light to see, but there were many mature trees in the yards of the houses surrounding the road we were driving on. All we saw was a large black blur moving very fast, almost as fast as a greyhound at full speed. The length of the blur made me estimate it to be six to seven feet. Both of us were shaken by the experience and headed home immediately. When we got home, my girlfriend and I recanted our experience with her family who laughed at us for telling them we had seen such a thing. They brushed it off as a tall tale and went on with their nightly activities. My girlfriend's two younger siblings were planning on playing a game called Manhunt. It's pretty much just souped up hide and seek. 
When the two of them headed out, not even two minutes after they walked out the door, they both bolted in clearly upset and shaken. They both said they saw exactly what my girlfriend and I saw, but when they saw it, it was walking on its hind legs under a street lamp. Because of that, they got a clear view of it. They said it was dog-like and was walking on its hind legs on the street. After hearing that, we all as a group of witnesses headed out in my car to search for the beast and to warn the other kids playing manhunt about the beast. My girlfriend's siblings have stopped playing manhunt after their experience and now that we all have a name to what we saw, we're all more shaken wondering if it'll be back. Signed, Anonymous. Time, around 9pm. Date, July 21st, 2016. This next encounter happened in Fairfield County, Ohio. One night I was out in the woods hunting around 1 a.m. and found this weirdly mangled deer carcass near a tree. About one hour and 50 minutes later I was walking back to my truck when I saw that it was shaking violently so I readied my rifle. I then saw that it was a bear-like creature shaking my truck. It stood up on its hind legs and growled at me before running off into the woods. When I got a look at the creature, it had long arms and its claws were around three inches long. It had pointed ears like a German shepherd, muscly shoulders and legs, and a wolf-like snout with a short nub tail. Signed, Anonymous. Time, 2.50 a.m. Date, May 19, 2004. The next encounter took place in Burnett County, Wisconsin. This is a difficult thing for me to write down on paper. I had no idea what a cryptid was until my son told me about his encounter just before it aired on your show. All these years I thought that what I had seen was just a very deformed bear. Just so you know, I was driving that night and I never drink and drive. I was 100% sober. I haven't even talked about my encounter since it happened, until I told my son. Since then, I've told my best friend. She encouraged me to contact you after we listened to my son's episode together. Most evenings, just about an hour before dark, some of us enjoyed going for deer rides. We had a route we would always use. It started out on a rustic road, which was southwest of our cabin on Long Lake, just south of Danbury, Wisconsin. The route took us to a place that went through a wildlife preserve, and then we ended up on the road that goes from Hinckley, Minnesota to Danbury, Wisconsin. The road through the preserve always made me uncomfortable because it was a swampy bog on both sides of the road. It was a narrow gravel road, and in order to turn around, you would need to go down a very narrow drive to a parking area for hunters. I had only been in one of those parking areas once, and it creeped me out. We never saw a deer on that road, so we typically went fast in that area. We would have avoided that gravel road altogether, but we always saw a deer just before the preserve and just after. On this evening, it was just my sister-in-law and I that went on the deer ride. This happened 15 or 16 years ago, so we didn't have cell phones. Sometimes we would take cameras to take pictures of the deer. This night, we didn't have a camera with us. It was a hot night and we had our windows down because the air conditioner wasn't working. I was driving a large car, a 1998 Cadillac. We had just started down that creepy road when we noticed something black on the road about half a mile ahead of us. We were driving pretty fast. As we got closer, it appeared to be dark gray in color. It also appeared to have an elongated muzzle. It had its back to us, but it was a little sideways so we could tell it was eating something in the road. I stopped the car and just kept my foot on the brake. 
This animal had very wide, muscular shoulders and its fur was longer than a bear's. Its ears were pointy like a German shepherd's and stood straight up on top of its head. This animal had hands. It was holding a dead rabbit, I think. I was talking to Amy. I said, what is that? I think I was verbalizing every thought that came into my head. I was totally freaked out. The animal noticed us. It started to turn its head. That's when I turned on my headlights. It wasn't dark yet, but I wanted it to see this thing better. It turned and faced my car. The headlights caught its eyes. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Its eyes glowed reddish-orange in the headlights. I freaked. To me, this creature was demonic in nature. Then it stood up straight on its back legs. As this thing moved, it was jerky like it wasn't comfortable in its own skin. It wasn't natural movement. The animal sprinted at my car. It took at least six steps. I gunned my car right at it. I was in a panic. I was terrified. It turned right, still upright, then dropped to all fours. Its legs had an odd bend in them like backwards knees. I just screamed, what is that? It ran into the swamp and I got the heck out of there. We stopped on the road to our cabin. By then it was dark. When we stopped, Amy and I both cried. We couldn't stop shaking. We talked about what we had just seen. We both agreed we would tell people we had seen a bear. To be honest, at that time, I honestly thought it was a deformed bear. Today I know it wasn't. I'm no longer in denial. What I saw, I can't understand or explain. It was just plain evil in nature. So wrong. Very wrong. Signed, Anonymous. Time, Dusk. Date, 1999 or 2000. This next encounter took place in Carvin County, Montana. I'm probably the youngest person to come to you about this. I'm 16, grew up here in Montana, and I'm very active in the outdoors. When I was 4 or 5, I lived with my parents in a small town next to the highway. Our house was right next to it, and my room faced a gravel road that went into the highway. It was summer, and we didn't have AC, so I would leave my window open at night so I could stay cool. One night, I woke up and noticed a silhouette standing outside my window. My eyes focused and I saw that it had a furry outline and these frost blue eyes it was using to look at me. I sat up in my bed, frightened, but I didn't feel the need to yell for my parents or anything. It just kind of stared at me. While looking at it, I saw that it had pointed ears with tufts of fur like lynx have and a muzzle like a German shepherd. It was fairly muscular and was almost resting on my windowsill like it was leaning up against it. We stared at each other for a good couple of minutes. Then it smiled at me like a dog does and even tilted its head. It then backed away from my window, walked across my yard to our chain link fence, and literally stepped over it. I got out of bed to watch this thing as it got down on all fours and ran down the road and across the highway. Listening, I heard it yip and bark while on the other side, which was prairie with a butte and then forest. It was almost like it was calling to others. Looking back on this, I feel like maybe it felt like I didn't pose a threat. Maybe it was just curious. Back then, I was just a little kid. Now I'm a lot bigger. I'm six foot seven and weigh almost 200 pounds, so I'm thinking if I saw one of these again, I probably wouldn't get the same reaction. Signed, Anonymous. Time, Unknown. Date, Mid-August, 2004. Our last encounter took place in Oxford County, Maine. I'm a night owl. I always stay up late at night and watch TV. 
I just happened to look out my window one night and saw what I initially thought was a man sitting on a roof. I thought it was a man because at first he looked almost naked until I saw the hair or fur on him. He then turned his face and what I saw then was frightening. He had pointed ears like a dog and a long snout. They were almost like a German shepherd's ears. I couldn't understand what I was looking at. I just stared at him for a few minutes. I felt like if I moved, it would see me. It sat there on its butt with human-looking arms and legs but with hair or fur covering them. I backed away from the window very slowly and went to tell my husband. He didn't want to get up and look because he thought I was imagining it. I went back to the window and it was gone. I don't know or understand what I saw that night, but I did tell my husband and kids what I saw. It's haunted me for many years until I was just telling a few of my grandchildren recently at camp. One of them got on the computer and found some pictures of what they thought I meant. It was so scary I was looking at the same thing I saw on the roof that night. I couldn't believe it. As I sit here looking at that picture, I didn't know it really existed many, many years ago. Signed, Anonymous. Time, Night. Date, 2001. Well, that was our last encounter for the night. As always, I want to thank all of you so much for listening to the show. Thank you so much for your time. Have a good night.